Hey, Purpose Claremont, just wanted to share a little bit that came to my mind as I was spending time uh, in the Word this morning with Jesus. Um, so I'm just passing this on, passing this along just like I do. Um, first, I'm sorry, 2 Timothy chapter 3 is what we're going to look at. Let me pray and we'll get going with it. God, we thank you so much for your Word. I pray you'd lead us to truth, convict us, encourage us, whatever makes us look like Jesus. We want to experience your life, not our opinion of it, but we want to experience the life that you want us to experience so I pray that you would lead us in this time. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, as we read this, I'm going to go through this list of things that Paul kind of brings out with regards to godlessness in the last day or in the last days. And I feel like what we're going to do is go, oh, my gosh, that's today and think that means that we're in the last days. And we could be. But I'm almost, I'm almost convinced that every generation prior to us, since Paul wrote these words, has thought the same thing. However, saying that, let's see whether or not this kind of describes um, what society looks like for us uh, right now. Chapter 3, verse 1 of 2 Timothy says this, But understand this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty, for people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness but denying its power. And he's, and that's the, with that last one, having the appearance of godliness but denying its power. It's kind of like you have people that are going to take advantage of the gospel. It's not a surrendered life to Jesus. They just, they just appear godly, but they have no power that comes from the Holy Spirit when a person surrenders to Jesus. And what's Paul say? He says, avoid such people. For among them are those who creep into households and capture weak women, burdened with sins, and led astray by various passions, always learning and never able to arrive at a knowledge of the truth. And then he gives examples of who he's talking about with regards to Moses back in the day. But really what he's doing is he's trying to look out for those who in that society are weakest. And he's like, oh gosh, avoid such people because they creep in and they take advantage of the weak. Um, when you get down to uh, da, 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 verse look, verse eight, keep going. Just as Janice and Jambres, I don't, I don't know if I'm saying it right, but you know who I'm getting, the JJs <laughs> opposed Moses. So these men also opposed the truth, men corrupted in mind and disqualified regarding the faith. But they will not get very far, for their for their folly will be plain to all, as was that of those two men. And you look at the again. So these men also opposed the truth, men corrupted in mind and disqualified regarding the faith. They oppose truth. That means, friends, we got to be open to what it is that God is saying, and that submit ourselves. Even when we sit there and we go through Scripture, and go, I don't like that part. We submit to what God says rather than thinking that God's word is wrong and we're correct. We want, always want to be. Uh, truthful in our pursuit of truth, yet we want to be teachable. So for us to walk in arrogantly going, I already know it. Guys, I'm learning things over and over and over and over. People who've walked with Jesus even longer than I have, they're learning things over and over and over. God never stops this process of learning. But he says, they, these men oppose the truth. They stand against it, even though they look godly. He says, they will not get very far for their father will be plain to all. Everyone's going to realize how dumb it is. And then he goes, think about it. all these things are just talked about. This is what the, the society is going to look like in the last days, which when you look at the, you kind of, when you look at that list, you go, man, that kind of, that kind of just describes us to a T what our society and culture looks like. When you get to verse 10, 
You, however, have followed my teaching, my conduct, my aim in life, my faith, my patience, my love, my steadfastness, my persecutions and sufferings that happened to me at Antioch and Iconium and at Lystra, which persecutions I endured, yet from them all the Lord rescued me. So he goes, you followed my example. And yet Paul would say this, and I can't remember which, which one of his letters, but he says something like, hey, uh, follow me as I follow Christ, or imit I'm sorry, imitate me as I imitate, imitate Christ. He's not saying it's all about me and just do whatever I do. He's like, no, imitate me because I'm striving to imitate Christ. It all comes back to Christ. Verse 12, indeed, now, and this is, a, this is an encouragement, but also like it's, it, well, it's a warning. He says, indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. It's going to happen. The world will hate Christians because they want nothing to do with Christ. They want nothing to do with God. They want nothing to do with God, with what God has set up. But, it's, but it doesn't mean that we shouldn't continue to live as followers of Jesus. And so to, to think that Paul's like, hey, you know the persecutions I've had and what I suffered, that but I endured them all. When it, when it, as I endured them all, the Lord rescued me. So, friends, there are going to come. There's going to come times where we will face suffering simply because we're followers of Jesus. And in the end, the Lord will rescue us from all of that He wants to rescue us from. So we can trust Him, but it doesn't mean we're not going to have to endure hard things simply because we love Jesus. So He says, "Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted." Verse thirteen, while evil people and imposters will go on from bad to worse deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, so now he's speaking to Timothy. Timothy's this young pastor. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed what you learned. So it's not just, hey, I came up with my own ideas. No, you were taught something. You learned it and have firmly believed knowing from whom you learned it and how from childhood. So he's like, he learned things from Paul. But he says also, from child, you've been acquainted with the sacred writings. So he had... He had a mom and his mom and grandma poured into him about truth, would pour into the scriptures. So you knew them from the childhood, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. And so for those of you that are parents, especially little ones, I'm convinced one of the things that the best things you can do, not one of the, the best thing that you can do is that is to make sure your kids are hearing and knowing the scriptures. Because what it brings about, what it leads to, it makes you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. The scriptures bring us to an understanding that we need a savior. It tells us what salvation is. But the scriptures also, they the scriptures develop wisdom in us as we're spending time with God. How important are, how important are the scriptures? How reliable are the, are the scriptures? According to what God says in his word in 2 Timothy 3, now down to verse 16, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God or the man or woman of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Friends, the reason that we spend time in the scriptures is we want to hear from God. God has inspired all the scriptures, and they're profitable for us. They're profitable for teaching, for reproof and correction. It's like we're confronting people. It's like this isn't how we're supposed to live according to the scriptures. And for training up in righteousness, this right living. So not just for correction, like don't do this, but also this is what I should do for training up in righteousness. That, here's the reason. When you see the word that, it's almost like he's saying so that. 
so that the man or woman of God may be what? Complete. I spend time in the scriptures to go through the process of being sanctified and changed and confronted and convicted in order that I'm growing up and being taught how to live a righteous life, that I may be complete, equipped for every good work. If I'm not spending time in the scriptures, I am not equipped for every good work. If I'm not spending time in the scriptures, I'm not being trained up. Um, I'm not coming to that point of, of, be, of being a person who's mature in my faith. I'm stagnant. I'm staying right where I was. And God is wanting this in the scriptures. Because now when we're in the scriptures, we have something that's foundational. We can look at what's going on around us and go, okay, that may be how the world is living. I'm not doing that. I'm going to live according to what God has said because I actually believe it's profitable for me. It brings me to a sense of maturity, which I will continue through the process. All of us will continue through the process of maturing until the day that we die. But then we're equipped for every good work compared to the list that we just saw in the beginning of chapter three. So instead of just living based upon our feelings, our emotions, our desires, being consumed by these things, by sin. So no, the contrast that is surrendered life to Christ. Jesus is our Lord. The spirit of God is in us. And we, and we spend time in the scriptures because the scriptures are foundational that we might know the will of God, that we might obey the will of God because we have the word of God. So it is so important for us to be in the scriptures but for those that read that passage and go, oh my gosh, this is the last days. Maybe, maybe not. I mean, I think we're, I definitely know we're closer than ever to the return of Christ. I don't know when it is. I don't know if I get to see it. I don't know if I'll be dead before that. I have no clue. All I know is that this is how the world is working. I can see it working. I don't want to live like that. I want to live the way that Christ has called me to live and live on the mission that Christ has given me to live, to go make disciples and to baptize those who come to Christ and say that they want to follow Jesus and then teach those who who become followers, teach them how to obey, like to obey the words of Christ. Teach them to obey all that Jesus has said. I want to do that. Also knowing that as I live a life that is set apart for God, persecution is going to happen. So I'm not in this for popularity. We can't be in this for popularity. We can't think that everyone's going to love us. They didn't even, not everyone loved Jesus either. And yet we're following him because we love him. So let me just finish with uh, verses 16 and 17 one more time, reminding us of the importance of scripture, that all of us would engage in the scriptures. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness that the man or woman of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Friends, I hope that's helpful to you. Um, pray you're blessed by it. So thankful for you. So I, ho I hope you have a great rest of your day and I love you guys more than, you know, have a good one. We'll see you.